Hello, and welcome to the AK-47 podcast. This is Kristen Godsey reading 47 selections from the works of Alexandra Kollontai. And today is International Women's Day, March 8th, 2019. So happy International Women's Day, everyone who's listening. And I want to take this episode to do something a little bit different. Uh, I actually found a audio clip of Alexandra Kollontai giving a speech on the www.marxists.org website. The audio clip is undated, uh, so I'm not exactly sure when it's from, and it's just called To the Workers, and of course it was in Russian. Uh, But I decided that I really wanted to play some of Alexandra Kollontai actually speaking herself so that you could hear what she sounded like, even if you don't speak Russian, you'll understand the passion uh, that she brought to her oratory. She was well known as an international speaker. She, in fact, had traveled around the United States and gave many lectures in the U.S., but also across Western Europe, especially during the First World War when she was a, a pacifist. She was very much against the First World War. And so I asked a very dear colleague of mine, Alina Yakubova. She listened to the audio clip and provided me with a rough translation. And so what I'm going to do for today's episode is I'm going to play Alexandra Kollontai speaking to the workers, and then I am going to read you the rough English translation that I have uh, so that you can get a sense of what she sounded like. And I don't, again, know when this piece was recorded, but I would like to think that perhaps it was for some International Women's Day event. So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to the actual Alexandra Kolontai. Долгие века она была лишь придатком при мужчине, его тенью. Муж кормил жену, за это жена подчинялась его воле, покорно несла свое бесправие, свое домашнее и семейное рабство. Октябрьская революция раскрепостила женщину. Comrade workers, for long centuries a woman has been oppressed and without rights. For long centuries, she has been a man's appendix and his shadow. The husband fed the wife, and for that, the wife submitted to his will and humbly bore her lack of rights and her domestic and family slavery. The October Revolution has liberated the woman. Now a female peasant has the same rights as the male peasant. A female worker has the same rights as the male worker. A woman can make choices everywhere. She can be a member of a council and a commissar, even a people's commissar. 
But if, according to the law, a woman is equal in rights, life has yet to free the woman. A female worker, a female peasant are still in the vice grip of household labor. She is still a slave in her own family. The task of a female worker is to make life such that the burden of children is taken off the woman's shoulders, to lighten the domestic work's grip on the female worker and the female peasant. The working class is interested in freeing a woman in those areas. A worker has to understand that a woman is the same kind of member of the proletarian family as he is, because the woman works equally with the man. One-third of all riches on earth have been created by women's hands. In Europe and America, female workers are 70 million, and in the communist society, a woman and a man must be equal in rights. Without women's equality, there is no communism. So to work, comrade workers, start freeing yourselves, build daycares, mothers' homes, help with your advice to streamline public cafeterias, help the Communist Party to build a new bright life. Your place is among those who fight to liberate the workers, to bring equality, freedom, and happiness to your children. Your place, my fellow female workers and peasants, is under the red revolutionary flag of a globally victorious communism. So that was Alexandra Kolontai speaking to the workers. Uh, she's an, a really hard act to follow, I have to say. I was trying to read passionately, but it's really difficult. Kolontai was actually quite famous for her speaking ability, and she toured all around Europe in the years before the First World War, advocating for socialism and essentially sort of heckling feminists and trying to bring more women to the socialist cause. And then she became a very passionate anti-war speaker after 1914. And certainly throughout the Bolshevik period, uh, when she was in the Soviet Union and she, as serving as both commissar of social welfare and the head of the Genotdel, she was very highly regarded for her ability to kind of rouse up a crowd. And then she used her speaking abilities and her poise when she started uh, her diplomatic career after she was sort of expelled from the Soviet Union after joining the workers' opposition. She sort of fell out of favor with both Lenin and Trotsky, and she gets sent off to a diplomatic post first in Norway, 
Then she ends up in Mexico for a little while, and eventually she settles down in Sweden, where she's ambassador. And she spends most of the rest of her career essentially in diplomatic exile from the Soviet Union. Uh, She's there abroad for all of the 30s as all the purges are going on. And by the end of her life in 1952, she's, I think, only one of two or three old Bolsheviks still standing uh, besides Stalin himself. Everybody else was purged, and Kolontai somehow managed to survive, partially, of course, because she was abroad. But I think even afterwards, when she came back to the Soviet Union, she was a kind of a grand old lady of the revolution, and they pretty much left her alone. She also was a bit of a national heroine because she had played a very important role in brokering the peace between the Soviet Union and Finland during the Second World War, and she was twice nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize because of her role as a diplomatic spokesperson. And um, the other thing that I also wanted to tell is a kind of little funny story about Alexandra Kolontai, which has to do with one of those strange serendipitous sort of two or three degrees of separation from somebody. So probably about 10 years ago, when I was still a professor at Bowdoin College up in Maine, I was asked by the college newspaper to name a sort of feminist hero of mine for International Women's Day on March 8th. And of course, I named Alexandra Kolontai. And after that was published in the newspaper, one of my colleagues, a professor of German, a sort of older professor of German, emailed me and said, I would not be alive if it were not for Alexandra Kolontai. And I thought, okay, wow, I've got to hear this story. So Steve Cerf was this professor's name, and he was the child of German Jews who were fleeing the Holocaust. And they somehow managed to get to Sweden. And in order to get out of Sweden, they needed some kind of documents. And they went to the Soviet embassy, and they met with Alexandra Kollontai, and she actually was able to provide them with the documents that they needed to leave Sweden and get to the United States. So Stephen Surf, this colleague of mine at Bowdoin, who is now long retired, actually is alive partially because of, well, actually 100% because of Alexander Kolontai, because his parents would not have escaped and, you know, lived to have him had it not been for her. So it's a bizarre sort of feeling to know that I, through Steve and through his parents, I actually have a kind of sort of one degree or two degrees of separation from Kolontai. So anyway, um, that's the episode for International Women's Day. I don't want to belabor it anymore. But since you've heard her speak and you heard my colleague Alina Yakubova's translation of her speech, I'm going to end this podcast with Alexandra Kolontai, the two-minute clip of her speaking without any interruption. You now have a sense of what she said. And I just want you to listen to the passion uh, and imagine that you're standing in a crowd in a square in St. Petersburg or in Stockholm or in New York or one of the many places where she gave lectures and what it must have been like to actually hear her in person and experience the sort of passion of this incredible orator and, you know, women's rights activist from the early 20th century. <laughs> Долгие века она была лишь предатком при мужчине, его тенью. Муж кормил жену, за это жена подчинялась его воле, покорно несла свое бесправие, свое домашнее и семейное рабство. 
Октябрьская революция раскрепостила женщину. Теперь у крестьянки такие же права, как и у крестьянина. У работницы такие же права, что у рабочего. Женщина всюду может выбирать, может быть членом совета и комиссаром, и даже народным комиссаром. Но если по закону женщина равноправна, то жизнь еще не раскрепостила женщину. Работница, крестьянка, еще в кабале у домашнего хозяйства, еще рабыня в своей собственной семье. Задача рабочих сейчас наладить жизнь так, чтобы снять время, заботу о детях, плеть женщины, чтобы облегчить работницы и крестьянки кабалу домашнего хозяйства. Рабочий класс заинтересован в том, чтобы раскрепостить женщин и в этих областях. Рабочий должен понимать, что женщина такой же член пролетарской семьи, как и он сам. Ведь женщина трудится наравне с мужчиной среди всех богатств на земле, созданы руками женщин в Европе и Америке, Числится 70 миллионов работниц. В коммунистическом обществе женщина и мужчина должны быть равноправны. Без равноправия женщин нет коммунизма. На работу же, товарищи работницы, беритесь за свое раскрепощение. Стройте ясли, дома материнства, помогите советам налаживать общественные столовые, Помогите коммунистической партии построить новую светлую жизнь. Ваше место в рядах тех, кто борется за раскрепощение трудящихся, за равенство, за свободу, за счастье ваших детей. Ваше место работницы крестьянки под красным революционным знаменем мирового победного коммунизма. Happy International Women's Day, everybody. And until next time, this is Kristen Godsey with the AK-47 podcast, 47 selections from the works of Alexandra Kolontai. Please subscribe, let your friends know about it. And I'm really looking forward to recording the next episode and digging further into the work and life of Alexandra Kolontai. Until next time, remember the words of Alexandra Kolontai's colleague, Inessa Armand. If there is no women's emancipation without communism, there is no communism without women's emancipation. (laughs) 